we are sitting here with uh, Dr. Jeffrey Greif, uh, who is a professor of social work at the University of Maryland and has authored 14 books, uh, which is incredibly impressive, one of which is um, Buddy Systems, which is an, an incredibly insightful book about how men specifically connect. What is the most surprising thing that you've learned about how men bond? I think that one of the interesting distinctions between men and women is that men tend to bond in shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder ways, and women establish friendships more face-to-face. -face. Hmm. So men will go out together or get together and do things. Let's meet at the bar. Let's do sports. Let's get together for some activity. Rarely do men get together and say, there's this great intimate French restaurant that just opened up that we have to try. <laughs> looking at their wine list, whereas women in general feel more comfortable doing face-to-face -face things that don't feel they have to have some event or some reason to get together other than to just commune with each other. So I think that's one of the interesting things to think about. Very often we see women will try and engineer friendships for their husbands or their boyfriends or their partners to try and get him more friends and you'll see that when couples get together men are often dragged into these face-to-face -face, uh, sorts of endeavors increasingly and with younger men there's less complaint younger men feel much more comfortable being emotionally and physically expressive than do their parents or did their their fathers there's an arc to friendships in that we find them very important when we're young, less important when we partner with people, uh, start a family, start a job, give time to children, and then as children get older, want us less in their face. Um, our jobs are more secure, maybe our relationships are more secure. We find in middle age that we need male friendships again. Women may have held on to those friendships all along. Men tend to think of women their wives as their best friend. Women tend to think of their husbands as friends, but also tend to have close female friends outside that they can talk with. Is there a biological reason that um, women would prefer face-to-face, -face, um, whereas men would not? I'd say biological, no. I'd say the way that we have been socialized in society and are still being socialized, there's still a lot of narratives around female behavior, still a lot of narratives around male behavior. We can go back and look at cave women and cave men and early cultures and know that it was men who were sent out to go hunting and protect the tribe. Men were going shoulder to shoulder to hunt down, hunt down the mastodon or to protect from the uh, crowds that were, or the other tribes, I should say, that were nearby. So it seems like you're saying that like, we're still kind of playing out cultural roles that have been instilled in us for thousands of years. And that... Yeah, though not to the extent that we used to, thank goodness. I think it's been changing fantastically quickly in the last 20, 30, 40 years. I think it's going to continue to change uh, very, very much so. Um, I have a book coming out on on in-law relationships, wow. and those still tend to fall into gendered roles, even, you know, data we're gathering in 2017, 18, and 2019. With all of these differences in gender, how did you kind of come to these conclusions? 
in the in-law book, it's clear that the women have a much more active role in these relationships. We interviewed mothers-in-law about daughters-in-law and daughters-in-law about mothers-in-law. Uh, then we interviewed fathers-in-law about sons-in-law and sons-in-law about daughters-in-law. On a five-point scale, you're gonna get more people at one in five among women. Men sort of say, agree, neutral, disagree. Women are more likely to say, strongly agree or strongly disagree. That's purely on a survey um, that we did on a national scale. Then we interviewed about 300 people and you find out that it's the same thing, that women are sort of taking a more active role in the, the family. And it's a, it's a shame for women who don't want to be in that role. It's a shame for men who would like to be in that role. Why are all the jokes about in-laws about mother-in-laws or mothers-in-law? There, no, there are no Wikipedia jokes on fathers-in-law, for example. Mm -hmm. Mother-in-laws tend, tend to say that they trust their daughter-in-law, they admire their daughter-in-law, they're close to their daughter-in-law, they enjoy spending time with their daughter-in-law much more frequently than daughters-in-law say about their mothers-in-law. Huh. So you, you have two different worlds here. Your mothers-in-law, half of whom say, I'm very close with my daughter-in-law, and a third of the daughters-in-law, not of the same mothers-in-law, but of another sample, say, I'm close with my mother-in-law. So they tend to construct re realities that are close to, I think, the mother-in-law, what she hopes she has, but she, she, she may not have, or she may want to have that closeness so she can have more access to her, her grandchildren. So the mothers-in-law are walking much more on, on eggshells. If you look at, uh, you know, religion or, or vulnerability or, uh, you know, spending time with one another um, or, or touch, um, do men bond in, in specific ways within those categories that differ from women? Um, I think that men don't touch as much as women. And again, now we're talking about, about older men uh, versus younger men. I think younger men's behavior look a lot like, uh, like younger women's behavior. There are still a few tropes out there about men not appearing gay. And they'll, they'll joke about it. They'll make fun about it. The younger men and older men will do that. It's very rare that I've heard women have had that, that kind of concern. So touch is, is a distinction. I, I think that that rings true for a lot of people. And, and what role do you think that religion plays in how men bond? Can, can it substitute a need for other, other social bonds? I know for a small percentage of the men that we interviewed or that were interviewed for the for buddy system, um, there were a few men that said their most important relationship was with God. So they were saying that they, that they really didn't have as much space for male friendships because that space was taken up by God. These were men who, who I believe were, were married, but when you ask them about friendships, they spontaneously brought up a relationship with, with God. This was maybe one in, in 20 of the, of the men, I, I would say, came up with that response. You've written, I think, quite a bit about how, um, how to raise boys uh, to be more vulnerable, to be better men. And so how do you do that? 
actually one of the findings on the adult sibling book, interestingly enough, may bear on your question. We found that if they grew up in a family where their father was close with his siblings, they were more apt to be close with their siblings. Whereas their mother being close to her siblings had no predictive value. So I think, why is that? I think if you grow up in a family where you are experiencing a father being emotionally connected to people, it bears well on your own ability to become emotionally connected. So if we take that as part of a template, I would say if I wanted my children or my sons to have friends, I should be role modeling that. I should be talking about friendships. I should be talking about being open to other people. I would be actively training them, teaching them about in intimate relationships, how you treat people that you are either in love with or sexually attracted to. And I would be also talking about um, how I struggle, how we all struggle with with friendships, and that's a, a little that's a normal part of life. How much you know? How close do we get to people? How much do we share about ourselves by having friends around? I think that's one way that you you, you role model. So basically, modeling is kind of the, the best way to get um, boys to act in more vulnerable, connected, loving ways. You role model. You cry. It's a, it's okay to cry. It's a, it's okay to ex- express your feelings. Be careful about tropes around men have to be tough. Be careful about tropes around around, around women having to behave a certain way. And just to make sure we're you know I am communicating uh, concern for both. But let's say that there's a father who um, you know works and there's a stay-at-home mom. Um, are you necessarily modeling the traditional uh, cultural roles or, or is there a way to challenge that for your kid? I think it's a matter of being able to talk about that w- with, your, with your kids and talk about the, the choices that that, that, that couple has, has made. And that, and that just because if I happen to be the partner, we'll say a man bringing home more money, that does not give me economic su- uh, superiority over my over my my wife if I'm married to a woman or 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 to my husband if I'm married to a man just because I'm bringing home the, the money if working precludes you from being part of the decision making around your children which it should not uh, being with the children should not preclude you from making choices about do we buy a do we buy a car or do we lease a car we move to this neighborhood or that neighborhood, we take this trip or that trip because we have to do something else with the house next year. And I believe that the discussion around those decisions should be shared with the, with the children uh, so that it's not like a, a secretive discussion. One of the, in, in addition to sex, many families don't talk about money. And so that, that leaves children growing up sort of thinking that money is a is a taboo subject and it, it shouldn't be because it's it's related to power well thank you so much dr greif i really appreciate your time okay well it was nice talking with you and thanks for introducing me to zoom <laughs> thanks bye